We have a devotional for us today, and it is from Mr. Curtis Whiteley. There you are. Good afternoon. It's wonderful to see everyone here, as it always is, on this beautiful Sabbath day. And may I just say that those were some beautiful songs, some very beautiful songs. In fact, we know that those words that we heard, they weren't Scripture, but they were derived from Scripture. They were derived from the truths of Scripture about what God has done for us. You know, I wrote down just a minute ago that second song we we sung that has a lyric in it that says, What beautiful name it is. Christ's name. And it's something else that's beautiful is the fact that our name, our lives are hidden in that beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and what He's done for us. And the blessings that come with that. No matter how insignificant we think we were, no matter how insignificant the world thinks that we are, we're hidden in Christ, the most powerful name in all of the universe, and God the Father. You know, it's interesting, that word insignificant, it's a word that, in the, defini- in the dictionary, it's defined by something that's too small or unimportant to be worth consideration. In reference to a person, it's a word that describes a person that is without power or influence. You know, in the biblical sense, in a biblical perspective, the children of Israel could be considered insignificant. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, verse seven, tells us this about the children of Israel. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you were the least of all peoples. That's what we learn about when we look at the Old Testament and the children of Israel. What's interesting is that the passage right before that, verse six says, you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people, peoples on the face of the earth. Now you might be asking the question, well that's Israel, that's the children of Israel, that was the Old Testament. Although we know that the Old Testament was written for an example to us, and we still learn about the law of God, and we still learn about the principles of God, how does that have anything to do with us as Christians today? Well, interestingly, Peter uses a lot of this language when he writes his first epistle. Peter, the second chapter, verse 9 and 10, Peter says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I know that Mr. Matthew Steele has just recently went through a series on 1 Peter, but in looking at this week's devotional, this particular passage stuck out to me, and I wanted to bring it to us. In this passage, Peter is obviously directly drawing upon the language of the Old Testament, specifically Exodus, the 19th chapter, verses 5 and 6. And he's using this language and he's applying it to the community of believers in Christ. He's applying it to me and you today. To me and you today. Now this passage, these just two passages, even the passage before this, because we're breaking in the context, we could spend hours if not days breaking down 
all the different things that are here. The references to the Old Testament. The analogies used. The deep theological significance that Peter is bringing out here. But of, of course, that's not the scope of this devotional today. One particular aspect of this I want to bring out is when Peter says his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God. The New English Translation, the Net Bible, as some people call it, translates this first part as a people of his own. Which is where I got the title for this devotional today. A people of his own. I think there's a useful analogy in looking at some of the things in our pop culture today. Uh, in particular, some of the shows that are on TV. Maybe you've heard of a show called Pawn Stars. I haven't watched this show a whole lot. I've seen a few pieces and a few bits. I don't think I've ever seen one show from start to finish. But if you don't know what this show is, Pawn Stars is a show where people will bring these famous pawn experts. They, they have a pawn store. and They have all kinds of uh, novelty items, things that go back from you know, way back in history, all kinds of things. But people will bring to these pawn stars, these individuals, different items, different artifacts from history. What's interesting is that oftentimes these artifacts are just ordinary. They're seemingly insignificant. But what makes them valuable is whom at one time possessed it. One of the episodes that I saw uh, was where this individual that brought in a piece of paper smaller than this one right here of some equations that Albert Einstein had wrote on. It was authentic. They brought in an expert that looked at it, that looked at the, the handwriting. You know we have handwriting experts and people can can, can de de decipher uh, the likelihood of whether something's authentic or not. Uh, they can take writings that we know that a person has written before and compare it to the artifact. And they can determine with some pretty good certainty whether or not it's significant. What was interesting is, and we all know who Albert Einstein, famous physicist, right? He came up with some, uh, some you know, the theory of relativity, you know, was one of the uh, champions, or should we say, one of the chief individuals that was helping and uh, coming up with the atomic bomb. But this particular piece, this little bitty piece of paper, smaller than this one right here, with handwriting equations of Albert Einstein, went for $3,000. Not only was it a piece of paper, but it was an old piece of paper. I mean, it was insignificant, right? If we were to look on the ground, just walking and see a piece of paper that was all old looking and, 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 and aged, we probably wouldn't think anything of it. In fact, what we would think is, is that the fact that it's out on the ground, it's making the ground less valuable. And we would want to pick it up and throw it, uh, throw it away. It's hurting the environment. But what's interesting in that, and by the way, the expert that was in there looking at that even mentioned that some of these pieces of Albert Einstein could go up to $50,000. Not this particular one in this episode, but some of them. But it got me thinking, what's interesting? Where was the value? The value wasn't in the piece of paper itself. The value wasn't in the writing itself, but the value was in who was the possessor of it in history and in time. And that is the same way that our value comes from today. The same could be said of us. Our ordinariness has become extraordinary. 
because the one who possesses us, a people of his own, we have become the children of God. And it's an amazing blessing. We were once in darkness, but now have been brought out of darkness. What's interesting about that next part of that passage is, is that this, in this period of time, was actually somewhat of an analogy of Jewish thought during the day. People, Jews during this time, when they use that language, being brought out of darkness into the marvelous light was a reference to when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of the darkness of Egypt, into his light, into his liberty, into his freedom. And that's what's been given to me and you through Christ Jesus, through that beautiful name, through that amazing love as we heard the song just a minute ago. But we've been given a commission. Not only are these things factual, they are. That's not what Peter just does. That's not the only thing he does. He doesn't just give us this information that's based upon the reality of Jesus Christ, the reality of God choosing us, the reality of Christ pouring out his blood for me and you so we could live, so we wouldn't have condemnation. But he gives us a commission. He tells us that we are to go out and to spread the praises, spread the praises, proclaim the praises, the excellencies of the Almighty. It's interesting because in this passage, not only does he say this, but he talks about how we are a royal priesthood. Now, we understand that Jesus is the high priest. We understand that all of that reality of being able to approach God in holiness on God's throne is because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of what he poured out for us. But he also calls us priests. Not because people are you know, getting to God through us, through anything that we have done. Obviously, that's not the case, and that's something that's reiterated over and over and over in the Bible. It's not of us. It's not because of us. It's not because we're great. We're actually the least, and God has decided to choose us. Because God's glory shines more and more and more and abounds whenever he demonstrates how powerful he is by being able to do the unthinkable through the most weakest vessels. And I'm not calling us weak. I think we can all kind of humble ourselves and understand in general it's nothing to be praiseworthy for us, anything that happens to us, but merely it's all from the power of God himself. But what's interesting is that word priest, and although this is not necessarily something that comes out in the Greek, but later on things get translated into different languages, and we look at the actual Latin word for priest, there's actually a connection between priest and a bridge. We know that Jesus is the ultimate bridge to God. But in a way, God has called us to be a bridge. He's called us to be a bridge to the world, to bring people to the knowledge of Christ through demonstrating through our lives, through our voices, through our praises, what God has done for us. To proclaim His praises to the world. The next song that we're getting ready to hear has a couple lyrics in it that's, there's a lot of lyrics in it that are really good. But one of them in particular that I thought was timely for what Peter has to tell us is, I've been changed from a ruin to a treasure. You all know what a ruin is. In a lot of ways, that example that I gave you, that little piece of paper, it's a ruin. It's something that's deteriorating. It's aging. It's dying. Its usefulness is becoming 
not so useful anymore. And that's the same that could be said for all of us. We were aging. We're still aging in the physical sense. We were dying. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trespasses. We were as like filthy rags, as the Bible tells us. But through the power of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that transformation took place. And me of you, me and you became a ruin, or were a ruin and became a treasure. We've been given a hope and a future. It's a blessing that God has blessed us with. Even if we don't feel it, even if we, you know, we're, we're baptized, we, 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 we uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we, we start living our lives, and there's, you know, there's, there's valleys, there's peaks, there's times where maybe we're not feeling God. That's not because God's done anything to move. That's not because God's left us. It's oftentimes because of ourselves and the things that we're going through. But God's always there. His blessings are always sure. His blessings always abound, whether or not we can see them or not. It's really interesting how you're given perspective sometimes, right? You start looking at your life. You start feeling sorry for yourself. You start, start thinking, man, I have it so hard. I have things that are going on in my life that are so difficult. And then, bam, what does God do? He gives you a dose of reality. And oftentimes, he does it by showing you someone else that's really making your insignificance as far as what you're going through. It really demonstrates that. It really shows you, yeah, I thought I was going through hard times. I thought I was rough. I thought that God was forgetting about me. But man, I see what that person's going through. I see what they're going through. God's really blessed me. But why? Is it because we're, we're deserving? Of course not. It's because of the amazing love of God. With that, let us always count all of our blessings.